All right, good morning. Good morning. There we go. We got a few good mornings out there. Welcome. Glad to have you with us this day. Good to see everyone. Everybody's looking bright and colorful and springish. I see some fancy hats out there. I like that. So, good morning. Uh, if you would turn in your bulletins to the back page, our opportunities for the week. Uh, we have a tear-off section for any guests. If you would fill that out and put in the offering plate as it goes by, we'd be glad to follow up with you on how you can get more involved at Mechanicsville Baptist Church. On the other side is a place at the bottom for prayer requests. Continue to put those in there. We'll pray for you as we do each Tuesday. Then on the back, our opportunities for the week. Got a pretty busy week. Want to remind you of our reception today for Jackie. She has been our child care director for how long, Tim? Four, five years, somewhere in there. So her last day is 25th of May. So we're having a reception for her today. So if you, everyone's welcome. Come over at 3 o'clock, Family Life Center, and give her your appreciation. She is not leaving us voluntarily voluntarily. We're forcing her out. No, no. <laughs> that was terrible. That was terrible. Her husband got a job in Tampa, and uh, they've already sold their house. It was a blessing to them. They know how long it's going to take. And so she, I believe he already left for Tampa. He's already the, in Tampa, and so she's going then. Uh, so she is going to maybe look for a job when she gets down there. But right now, we're just going to pray for her and support her in this move. It's been crazy for her. She's been very stressed, so let's have a good reception for her at 3. Don't say I, sit, I forced her out. That was, don't tell her. <laughs> All right. Uh, 5 o'clock today, we have our encounter service right here, RSGA's Mission Friends Choirs, Ensemble Youth, and Handbells. Remember, Mondays are basketball at 7, and Thursdays are volleyball at 7. And this Wednesday, we've got our midweek Bible study at 11, and then Wednesday night supper is chicken tenders, Awana's Connect Youth midweek Bible study, adult choirs all Wednesday night. We've got our camping retreat this weekend, as well as the ladies' ensemble, so keep those in prayer. And if you're going, we hope to have a great time together. A couple uh, others before I bring Elf Karen back up. I can hold your, your thing again if you want. May 20th, mark your calendars for that. That is a Sunday. We're going to have a very special day of worship and fellowship here at Mechanicsville Baptist. We're going to have one service that Sunday at 11 o'clock outside in the pavilion. So we're going to use our outside. We're hoping for a beautiful spring day. Bring friends, enjoy some outdoor worship at 11 o'clock, and then it's going to be followed by a wonderful potluck because of you who will bring wonderful things to eat. So we would encourage you to all be here for the 11 o'clock service out in the amphitheater uh, May 20th. Mark your calendars for that. One thing I did want to mention, I didn't mention the early service, we're also having a brownie bake-off at this. So if you bring brownies for dessert, we're going to have judges and a little contest and some silly prizes. So bring brownies, and that will be a wonderful dessert option for our potluck. All right. Anything I leave off, Tim, before bring up? All right. Come on up, Elf Karen. That's my, my heavy basket. Merry Christmas. And spring is here. And it's Operation Christmas Child Time. Let's share God's love by sending gift-filled shoeboxes. In Central African countries, such as Uganda and the Republic of the Congo, nearly half of the total population consists of children under the age of 15. Millions of these children haven't heard the story of Jesus. Tisa, age nine, hadn't heard a Bible story or read the Bible before receiving his shoebox gift. He received his gift and then he participated in the greatest journey, which is the Samaritan's Purse Evangelism and Discipleship Program. Now he knows Bible stories, and he talks to his friends about Jesus. In April, we collected toys and fun things for girls. So you can continue to bring in those items. If you kind of forgot or they're still at home, bring them on in. Can you guess what is our collection item for May? Toys and fun things for boys. Cars, trucks playing cards, 
flashlights with batteries, slinkies, water bottles, and tools. Do you know that often there are not enough shoe boxes for the boys age 10 to 14? Simple tools could create a job for them. Hammer, screwdriver, duct tape, nails, screws in their original packages, a tape measure. And you know those coupons that are in the paper every day from Harbor Freight. Buy something and get something free. There's something frees are things like those cool screwdrivers. Make a difference in a hurting and needy child's life and share Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, continue to uh, give uh, items for the girls, for the boys, and make these shoe boxes wonderful. And I asked her, or there is no weight limit. I was thinking, boy, hammers and stuff, that's, that's actually a great thing. Help them to... Uh, learn some crafts and, and also uh, if you bring screws and those things, make sure they're in the packages. Like she said, don't dump them into the boxes. That would be great. All right, Linda. Yep. You ready? I have to have the words because I can't remember. That's what happens when you get old. Good morning. I am so glad you're here and the sun is shining and there's talk of warm weather coming. So we have a lot to be thankful for, and we're here in God's church. Tim's going to share a sermon this morning about the spirit within us, and I'd like to open our service with the song, Shine, Jesus, Shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. Blaze, spirit blaze, set. Instead of our hearts, would you say set my heart on fire? Flow, river, flow, flood the nations with grace and mercy. Send forth your word, Lord, and let there be light. The words are in your hymnal, page 491, but we're only doing the course, so you got to look across. Stand, grab your hymnals if you need it, and guess what's going to happen while Dwight's playing? Who can tell me? What you going to do? Are you going to stand? Are you going to shake hands? Are you going to hug and mug? Yes, please do, while Dwight's playing.
Matthew chapter 28, starting in verse 16. But the eleven disciples proceeded to Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had designated. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some were doubtful. And Jesus came up and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all I commanded you, and, lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Let us pray. Father God, as we uh, proclaim your truth, Lord Jesus, as we uh, embrace the presence of your Holy Spirit in this place, we are grateful that we are in the presence of an almighty God who has given us a mission and a purpose to go and to spread and to shine your light to all the ends of the earth. God, we pray that this service would glorify you. We pray that your Holy Spirit would dwell. We pray that we would uh, be sensitive to your spirit and that we would uh, be compelled to obey you, to follow you, to worship you in spirit and in truth. God, we give you this service. We pray that you would be honored and that you would be glorified in all things. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, I'm leading these, aren't I? Him know me. All right, if we would stand together, we will be singing hymn number 493. Revive us again, hymn number 493. Thank you. You may be seated. If you would turn with me to the same page, page 493 is our responsive reading today. Close your hymnals there. Page 493, right on top, it's Revival with Repentance. I will read the worship leader, and uh, together with Tim, you'll read worshipers, and then men and women, you have your own responsive readings as well in this. Revival with Repentance, number 493. Lord, restore us to yourself. Renew our days as in former times. Will you not revive us again so that your people may rejoice in you? Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. I confess my guilt. I'm anxious because of my sin. My, my sins, sins have, have flooded, flooded over, over my, my head. head. 
They are a burden too heavy for me to bear. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Our offertory hymn is number 330, Spirit of the Living God. We will sing it through twice. morning. As uh, we so uh, beautifully heard here, uh, it's springtime. It's a time of renewal. It's a time that life is falling fresh outside, and now life can fall fresh upon us here if we listen to God's word. So let us go to God in prayer. Dear Lord, thank you so much for sending your son to renew us to new life and the reminders that you send us in the springtime of the new life that you bring to us every year. Let us take this opportunity to renew our spirits and to give freely of our time, our talents, and your gifts to us back to you so that you can spread your kingdom among the world. Amen.
Shall we pray? Eternal God, we bow in your presence this morning giving thanks for the power of your grace to redeem us. And recognizing, Father, that your grace is enough as we receive it. We are overfilled with your love. Our cups run over. And we give thanks to you. As we bow before you today, Father, we pray that as we gather in your house, that we will listen for a word from you through the presence of your Spirit in our lives. Help us, Father, to listen to the Spirit. To recognize that his presence in our lives gives us power. Power to overcome the world. Help us, Father, to rely totally on you. For, Father, without you, we really have nothing. 
but with you we can move mountains. Thank you for each person present this morning. We all come, Father, seeking. We all come, Father, searching for something that can help us to make it through each day. Life is filled with struggles. Struggles as we identify them, Father, in our walk. And so we pray for those who are facing surgery, for those who are recuperating from surgery, for those who are ill. We give them to you. And know, Father, that your will is working out in their lives for their good. But we pray for healing and hope and peace of mind. We also know, Father, that there are many who have lost loved ones. Those memories are with us. Those pains don't easily fade away. And yet you can bring comfort. For you told us in your word that if we come to you, you can bear our burdens. We pray for one another. We pray for our work together in this place. There are so many people, Father, who need to hear. So many people who have needs. Help us to listen and to look so that we might hear and see those needs in the world. Thank you for missionaries who go, missionaries that we send, who can make a difference in the lives of people around the world as they share the gospel story. We thank you for your word. And we pray, Father, that as we open your word, we might have open minds and open hearts to hear and to receive. For we make this prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Wow, that was fast.
to the Our scripture lesson this morning is found in 1 John chapter 3 to the end of the chapter into chapter 4 verses 1 through 4 and then chapter 5 verses 4 and 5. John is speaking to those he is writing to about the power of the Spirit in relationship to false prophets. And this is his commandment, that we should believe on the name of his Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him, and he in him. And by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now and is now already in the world. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And then in chapter 5, verses 4 and 5, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. With what do you associate the word power? The power of a river, constructive when harnessed at a dam, but destructive in a rampaging flood. The power of atomic energy, capable of leveling Hiroshima, or fueling a mighty ship. The powerful influence of a government leader. The power of peer pressure. Power can be defined as the means to achieve the assignment. A car without a motor is only good for display. The car needs engine power to accomplish its purpose. Likewise, Christians are to be more than showpieces for Christ. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to accomplish our mission in the world. We are called to be salt and light, a preserving and uplifting influence among people. God's change agents in the world. Jesus assures us that the power we need to fulfill this mission is available. In Acts 1.8 we read, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit is come on you. The spirit within is the power to face the world without. This gift of victorious power is affirmed in 1 John. In verse 4 we read, the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. But in order to be followers of Christ, we must allow the Spirit to lead us. We must allow the Spirit to be the dictating force in our lives if we are to live the kind of life that Christ speaks of as being the abundant life. Allow the Spirit to speak to you. John recognized that the people were discounting the power of the Spirit in their lives when he addressed the issue that was at hand. The issue of who really is Christ. There were always those then and those even today who would confuse who Jesus Christ is and what his purpose of redemption is. And so the first thing that John addresses in these chapters is the spirit within. 
The Spirit assumes residence. Much controversy surrounds the person and power of the Holy Spirit. The debate causes many Christians to completely ignore this vital area of relationship to God. We don't understand it, therefore we don't use it. We don't empower the Spirit in our lives to be used of us. Paul warned that in the last days there would be many having a form of godliness but denying its power in 2 Timothy. The statement of verse 24 provides a transition to the discussion of the work of the Holy Spirit in guiding believers to distinguish between true and false teachers. We always need a teacher. And the teacher that God has sent us is His Spirit. The initial realization of God's power is the fact His Spirit assumes residence in a Christian at the moment of repentance and faith. Obedience to the commandment of faith opens the door for the Spirit's entry. It is impossible to be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. If the Spirit does not dwell within your life, then you have never received Christ in truth. The Spirit convicts us of sin and turns us toward God. In Romans chapter 8 verse 2 we read, Through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. Jesus promised to send the Comforter and to be with us always. The only way His promise can be fulfilled is through the Holy Spirit. And Paul said it this way in Colossians chapter 1, Christ in you the hope of glory. You remember the instructions that were given to the disciples in the upper room by Jesus when He made it very clear to them that He would not leave them comfortless. He would send to them a comforter. Someone that would minister to them. Someone that would help them to understand the world. Someone that would lead them in the way that they should go. And Jesus Himself said to His disciples, Wait until you are empowered by the Spirit of God. We are empowered by the Spirit of God when we received Christ as Savior. In verse 2 of chapter 4, we see the sign of the Spirit. Someone asked, how can I be sure the Spirit is within me? We all may have that question from time to time. Is there a certain sign? The only sign is the confession of faith in and commitment of life to Jesus Christ. When you commit your life to Jesus Christ, the Spirit is in you. And if you don't feel the power and presence of that Spirit, go back and evaluate your relationship to Jesus Christ. What do you believe about Christ? That is what John is trying to get the people to embrace. There have always been people and there always will be people who will try to lead us astray in what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. They will add to, they will subtract from, and they will cause a great deal of harm in the world. And we already in the world see evidence and have seen evidence of the harm caused by those who are leading people in a false way. People give up their earthly life for earthly Leaders who have led them astray. This is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Jesus also said the Spirit would testify about Him and bring glory to Him. You see, they were, at first, they denied the deity of Christ, the Gnostics did, and then they denied His humanity. And so John was saying, if you want to know whether the Spirit is within somebody, listen to what they say about Jesus Christ. That is the key to understanding. So he speaks of the spirit within us and then he talks of the world without. We have come to the heart of John's assault upon the false teachers. The highly significant feature of John's renewal of his attack upon the heretics. Here is the manner in which he relates the work of the Holy Spirit to the Jesus who lived in history. In the previous attack upon the false teachers branded as Antichrist in chapter 2, the emphasis was on their denial of the deity of Christ, as I said, as the Son of God. Here is it on their denial that He was actually a human being. He speaks of Antichrist at work. We have heard Antichrist used in terms of revelation, haven't we? 
But here John is speaking of Antichrist as anything that is in opposition to Christ. In opposition to the Spirit's work within us is the spirit of Antichrist. And we see that spirit in the world today. There are people who would do anything to destroy the relationship that we can foster in people's lives as we witness to them about the grace of God in Jesus Christ. The Antichrist is not just a powerful evil to be revealed in the end times. The spirit of Antichrist is in the world already. The God of this world in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5, opposes Christ. Moreover, our enemy, the evil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour, as we read in 1 Peter. So John is acknowledging the presence of Antichrist in the world. And if Antichrist was in the world in John's day, you can bet Antichrist is in the world today. Pick up anything you can read, listen to anything that you can listen to, and you will find opposition to the values of Jesus Christ. Anything that is not of Christ is Antichrist. And John wants to make that clear to those who would be led astray by false prophets. In verse 1 of chapter 4 though, he tells us to test the spirits. We can't test the spirit unless we have the Holy Spirit. The spirit of Antichrist is a master at deception. Satan himself masquerades as an angel of life. It is not surprising then if his servants masquerade as servants of righteousness. The devil can and does perform supernatural phenomenon. Evil is real in the world whether we admit it or not. Just as important as faith in Christ is, the commitment to test every spirit is important. If we are gullible, We will find ourselves, as Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4, carried away with every wind of doctrine. Every teaching should be subjected to the standard of God's word. The spirit within leads in this search for truth. We must listen to the word. We must allow the spirit to teach us. It's easy for us to be confused. We can... See things with sleight of hand that fool us. We can actually look at something and see something different, can't we? Remember, it was about a year or so ago, maybe two years now, the dress that was floating around on the internet, was it blue and gold, isn't that what it was, or white and gold? Well, I was so confused, I didn't know whether it was blue and gold or white and gold, but everybody looked at it and everybody had a different opinion. When I looked at it, I saw blue and gold. But lots of people saw white and gold. And then we were all confused because, well, you know, you've got to be crazy to be seeing it your way. Well, you see, that's how easily we're confused on other matters as well. And so the only way we can say true in our relationship to Jesus Christ is to confess who he is based on what John says. John skipped a birth narrative in his epistle, in his, in his gospel, didn't he? Because John wanted to start where it mattered. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He summed up who Jesus Christ was in the beginning of his gospel, and he reiterates it here when he is trying to refute those false prophets. The Holy Spirit is not the only spirit bidding for control of our minds. John recognized the existence of other spirits. The false prophets claim to be guided in their prophesying by the Spirit of God. How then could believers determine when a prophet was inspired by God's Spirit or by a false and lying spirit? There is an unfailing criterion of judgment to be applied by the believing community. The Spirit must be put to the test to see whether they are of God and the test is what they inspire the prophets to say about Jesus. Every spirit which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God and every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. Precisely at this point the false prophets would be exposed as the heretics they truly were for they were 
they, they held the Gnostic theory that Jesus was not actually human and only appeared to be a man. False prophecies are in the world today and the world would tell us let everybody just do their own thing and it'll be all right. Let everybody believe what they want to believe in the deity that they want to believe in and they fall right in line with these false prophets. Either you believe Christ is the way, the truth, and the life or you don't. And I didn't make that statement. He did. And then we see that the Spirit has the power to overcome. John seeks now to encourage the confidence of his readers that they are fully capable of resisting the doctrines of the false teachers. He appeals to them to rely upon their inner resources as children of God to withstand the heretics. These false prophets are of the world, which puts them in sharp contrast with those concerning whom the author writes, We are of God. The realm in which both groups belong determines what they say and how they hear. But John says in verse 4 of chapter 4, His power is greater. The Word assures us of victory in this conflict with the spirit of Antichrist. The Holy Spirit within is greater than he who is in the world. 2 Kings chapter 6 records the dramatic account of Elisha before the troops of Syria. Elisha's servant exclaimed in fear, What shall we do? That same debilitating fear grips us when we face problems, sin, and an uncertain future. What shall we do? Who do we depend on? The Spirit can teach us. Elijah answered, don't be afraid. In 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 16, he said, Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. The servant's fears was overcome when he saw the mountain full of the Lord's army. We need a fresh vision of the spiritual resources within us. Nothing and no one is greater than the Lord. But then in verses 4 and 5 of chapter 5, John wants us to learn to appropriate the power of the Spirit. The unbeliever says seeing is believing. But God says believing is seeing. He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can move mountains. That's believing before you see. The same Lord we trust to save us from hell is adequate to keep us in life, but His power is limited by our lack of faith. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith, he says. The experience of the individual in responding by faith to the man Jesus as the Son of God is unique in that there is no other human experience like it. There has been no other person in history comparable to the Christ event. John measured Jesus Christ and his appearance among men against the background of the might of Rome the deification of the emperors, and the challenge of the Gnostic heresy. And he saw that the one victory over these conglomerate forces belonging to the world was faith in Jesus as the Son of God and conqueror of them all. We need not despair. When the world seems to be closing in and everything seems to be going down the wrong path, we need to understand that the spirit within us is greater than the spirit of Satan in the world. We are Christ's temple. He lives within those who have committed themselves to Him by confessing that He is Lord. And Paul understood it when he said, One day every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. The faith of which John wrote involves our total commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and to the way of life taught by Him. Such commitment enables us to share in the victory of Jesus the Christ. John remembered that Jesus had said to His disciples on the eve of His crucifixion, In the world you have tribulation. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Jesus changes our lives. The Spirit is within us, but does the Spirit control us? 
we have faith in Jesus, but do we live by the faith of Jesus? Paul's injunction to be filled with the Spirit in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, refers to the continual control of the Spirit in our lives. It means to avoid sin and to submit to God's will. And the extent of our victory in the world without depends on the Spirit's control within. Is the Spirit leading you? Now the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, the Scripture teaches there is freedom. We are free in the Spirit. Freedom to be what God wants us to be. Freedom to love as Christ loves. Freedom to courageously resist temptation and sin. Freedom to witness without fear or intimidation. The Spirit within sets us free to win the world. We are free by the power of the Spirit of God who has redeemed us. Christ was crucified in weakness, the scripture teaches, yet he lives by God's power. We appropriate that power as we allow the Spirit to teach us and to lead us. But many times our problem is we will hear the Spirit, but we will resist. Because we always find a way of depending on ourselves, don't we? We always look for ways that we can do something without recognizing that the Spirit in us can do what the Spirit will do if we will only follow Him. In the world of technology, there's a fairly new development called hypersonic sound, HSS. The inventor, Elwood Woody Norris, has engineered sound waves to travel like a laser beam for about 150 yards which is a football field and a half. This allows sound to be heard by a person in a particular place, but not by those immediately around them. You could be listening to music or specific instructions while those standing next to you would be left in total silence. If you move out of the tightly formed path of these unique sound waves, you too will be unaware of any noise. God's communication with us is very similar to those sound waves. We must be in the right place to hear the Holy Spirit. And when we're there, the message is clear. If we move away from the pathway of His voice, we become unaware of the fact that He is communicating with us and we consequently miss the message. You remember Jesus. There were many times that He was speaking to people and He said, those who have ears to hear, let them hear. The question is, are we listening to the Spirit in our walk with Him? Are we listening to the Spirit to free us up to do the things that Christ would call us to do as we seek to serve Him? Come Holy Spirit, dark is the hour. We need Your filling, Your love and Your mighty power. Move now among us, stir us, we pray. Come Holy Spirit, revive the church today. The Spirit is within John recognized that and wanted to share that with those who were confused. He wanted them to have the confidence that he had when he said, Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Respond now. Respond now to the Spirit. Are you listening and are you allowing him to lead you? Shall we pray? Gracious, eternal God, we are so thankful for the power that comes to us through the presence of the Spirit. Help us, Father, to embrace the Spirit, to acknowledge the Spirit in our lives as we acknowledge you as our Lord and Savior. Allow the Spirit to speak to each person here today, Father, because the Spirit is the one who teaches. The Spirit is the one who leads us. May we take your word and allow the Spirit to use it to move us in the direction you would have us to go. Help us, Father, 
to be committed to your work in this place and around the world as we listen to the Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Breathe on me, breath of God, hymn number 334. The breath of God is also known as the Spirit of God, but that Spirit lives within you. If you're here today and you are listening to the Spirit and the Spirit is compelling you to give yourself to Him, commit yourself to Christ. Allow Him to use you. Listen to the Spirit. Allow Him to guide you in your life and in your walk and your can'ts sometimes will turn into cans. Because you allow Him to lead. The invitation is open as we stand and sing. Breathe on me, breath of God. Fill me with life anew. That I may love what Thou dost love And do what Thou wouldst do Breathe on me breath of God Until my heart is pure Until with Thee I will Thy will to do and to endure. Breathe on me, breath of God, till I am wholly thine, till all this earthly part of me glows with thy fire divine. Breathe on me, breath of God, so shall I never die, but live with thee the perfect life of an eternity. The Holy Spirit is one of those sermons and some of those scripture passages that are difficult for us, particularly in the Baptist church, because we have everything boxed up so many times, and we have a hard time letting the Spirit loose in our lives. Uh, and that's why we have trouble understanding the Spirit. And that's why sometimes they're difficult sermons, and you leave here saying, well, what was he talking about? You listen to the Spirit, and the Spirit will tell you what I was talking about. The Spirit is what gives us what we need to do the work of the Lord. There are times that I have been involved in very difficult circumstances in ministry, tragedies, other circumstances, not knowing what to say. But the Spirit always had a word. And if we depend on the Spirit, the Spirit will give us what we need to be the children of God that he calls us to be. Thank you for being a part of this service today as we worship together. Stay away from the pollen if you can. I think that's a hard thing to do though, isn't it? You'll go out and your cars will be greener than they were when you came in. Let's bow for a benediction. Gracious Lord, as we depart on a day that you have given to us, let us listen for the Spirit so that we might be your presence in the world, sharing with others the good news of salvation. Help us, Father, to take the grace that we have been given and impart it to others through our words and through our actions. Bless us as we leave in the name of Jesus. Amen.